Sunflower Podcast is your go-to podcast for entrepreneurship and business strategy. This is the Sunflower Podcast. Welcome back to the Sunflower Podcast. I'm your host, Andrew Olson, here with founder and CEO of Ascend Communications and the creator of the Sunflower, Rob Wright. Rob, it's always good to be with you. Thank you. Thank you. So, Rob, you know, in our last couple of episodes, we've gone, you know, into depth on each um, phase of Sunflower, starting with core competencies, going into decisions. Um, our last episode, we talked about walkabout. And it seems like Sunflower is a very sequential process leading up to the whole strategy to putting this all together, which is, you know, king of. So how would you describe the king of phase of Sunflower? So the king of phase is an interesting phase. Um, it first of all, a transition from uh, the hypothesis phase. The first phase, you might call it the decision process where you were trying to figure out what your hypothesis was for where your competencies might work. Uh, the second phase was you, where you did a walkabout to, to determine whether your first phase had uh, predicted correctly. Let's assume for the sake of argument that you had um, and that you now have an area that your competencies look like and potentially your product and services uh, they could play in, in this space. The third phase king of is the execution phase. It's the phase where you try to put everything together and your team and an extended team, the company, to actually execute on, on it, on uh, your vision, if you will. So <clears throat> what King of, first of all, refers to, and I think I'll use Ascend as an example on how I used it, was after we did phase one and phase two, we had identified the internet infrastructure as our top possibility. Um, and it looked like a very good possibility based on our walkabout, and so now we started to talk about um, together the king of phase. And I asked the team and myself at the same time is what do we as a company want to be king of? You know, uh, so there's this internet infrastructure that we might be able to, you know, build some products and maybe, um, you know, have some presence in. But we started to talk about, well, is there something that all of us can agree on might be a goal that we could reach for? And after much discussion, I kind of postured that maybe we'd be king of pop. Okay, pop is a technical term in the communication internet space. It's called points of presence. These are the, these are the places, if you will, and an internet provider has you know, its equipment and each pop services, let's say a five mile radius just for the sake of discussion. And each internet provider had many pops. So say you had hundreds and hundreds of providers, you would have many, many thousands of points of presence you know, representing uh, each of them. And inside a point of presence was a lot of equipment um, <clears throat> that was servicing the call-ins for the internet. Um, so I had postured we would be maybe attempting to be king of all the pops. King of all the pops is equivalent to saying that you would be 
the king of all of the internet infrastructure worldwide. Okay, that's an incredibly modest goal, as you can recognize. Um, and where we ran with it, and the way to run with that is we took each department. So we, we looked at sales and marketing, so revenue at first. What would, uh, if you were in charge of sales and marketing, and somebody said you had to be king of all the internet infrastructure, what would what's that look like in a year, or let's say a six month, view of it and 12 months and 18 months view of it. What would it look like? Um, so we started to write down measurable things. Now, before we could write down measurable things, we had to have some sort of model in our head of all of the accounts, if you, if you will, of that, of that space. So we divided the accounts into the internet service providers, which we were comfortable with, the inter-exchange carriers, the local car you know, carriers thing, inter-exchange carriers were at the time like AT&T and um, N NTT in Japan, those were inter-exchange carriers, France Telecom and our uh, local exchanges were things like PacBell, um, <clears throat> US West, things like that. And then we had all the internet providers, and then we had all the independent telephone companies, which we discovered there were literally hundreds of them. So we kind of had a model, and we went from one segment to another and said, well, what, what would King of mean in the internet service provider? And so we actually came up with the conclusion what it would mean in each and every territory, if we broke the United States into different territories for sales, let's say, just for the sake of argument, and it's simple, East Coast, West Coast, and you know the middle area. If you own one of those segments, let's say the East Coast, and it was internet service providers, we would say you need to land 80% or more of the internet service providers in your region, in this case, we said the whole East Coast, that's a pretty broad region. Well, okay, so you can actually list all the internet service providers in, in said region. Now you're going to have to land. Well, what does land mean? We were very specific. You would have to gain a contract and begin to have you know, orders you know, from said account. So we did this across all of the categories in sales, for example, and we were very aggressive. 80 or 90% was our numbers that we were, were using. And we wrote that all down. And when you write all of that down, let's say for sales and marketing, that comes to a, a whole whiteboard or more, two whiteboards of very explicit measurable goals. There are no hand-waving here. In other words, Anybody could look in six months or a year and, and say, yeah, you definitely did that or no, you got definitely close or no, you didn't even get close, right? You could tell. Same thing went on in engineering. What would engineering have to do in, in terms of products and features in order to be king of and manufacturing and so on in the organization? So literally we had boards worth of measurable goals for each of the entities in the organization. We, when you roll that whole thing up, 
that's a plan for the entire company to execute against. In theory, this is theory, you could walk around the company and you could ask somebody, you know, what are they working on? And they would tell you uh, X, Y, Z. And if that X, Y, Z was in that roll-up, that's great. If the X, Y, Z wasn't in the roll-up, uh, that's not so good, right? Because now somebody's wasting their energy and time, probably because their boss told them to do so on something that we had a, you know, we hadn't put down as one of the things important to do, king of pop. Um, so that was the intention is to try to get the whole company on the oars, you know, trying to become the king of the internet infrastructure worldwide. That's great. Well, you know, is there, you know, you guys were very ambitious with wanting to go off the entire internet worldwide. Is there a limit to how big or how small of a market a company's king of phrase wants to pursue? Yeah, that's a really great um, question. So let me give you another made up example. Okay. So now, and it's going to answer your small up and large, you know, kind of aspect. What if you uh, were really good at making huckleberry ice cream and you were in Hamilton, Montana, you know, so you had access to the forest where huckleberries grow. It's kind of rare to find them and the bears sort of like them too. So you have to compete with the, with the bears, both grizzly and, and black bears. But let's say you get huckleberry and you, you, you make really good huckleberry ice cream. You win all the fairs and you're, you're thinking, okay, I'm going to open up huckleberry ice cream store. So you can actually have a king of state. You could say, I'm going to be the king of huckleberry ice cream sales in the Hamilton, town of Hamilton, Montana. That was your king of. So the measurable goals that you would put down is the you know, sourcing huckleberries, where your actually store is going to be located, how it's going to be managed, what the pricing is. And you know, the king of is pretty easy there because nobody is competing with you right, right off the bat. But then you get your appetite sort of grows, pardon the pun, your appetite sort of grows. And then you say, well, I want to be the king of huckleberry ice cream for all of Ravalli County. It's a county in Montana. So maybe now you have multiple stores. So now the measurables would be talking about opening the multiple stores, somehow sourcing a lot of huckleberries, um, because that's now going to become a problem. But now your appetite even grows further. I mean, you're becoming like a egomaniac. And you say, I want to be the king of Huckleberry ice cream for all of Montana. Well, obviously now we got to have a whole plan to execute to do that for all of Montana. So you can see that we can start extremely small, which is just you know Hamilton, Montana, Main Street, and escalate this thing on up to the state. And then of course I could have gone to multiple states, and oh now the entire United States. You know, so it can be executed in the small, the medium, or the large. Obviously, Ascend went for the gusto. That's great. I can imagine, you know, especially with Ascend, going from, you know, a moderately sized company to this big enterprise with thousands of employees, there must have been growing pains for you. How do you deal with those growing pains when you're trying to implement your Sunflower strategy? Yeah, I mean, the growing pains occur at, at um, 
many levels. You know, the levels that we had are the same levels that people are enjoying today, which is how do you source really good employees and people that are really into what you're doing and want to be there. And it's even harder now in the world of uh, the online world and, you know, a lot of dislocation is going, is going on uh, now. So that, that was our first challenge, uh, you know, as a founder and as the CEO, I, I had built the company with sort of all A players and we really didn't hire any junior uh, people early on. We hired senior people that were really A's, but now could you continue growing that way? Not really. Um, because how many A's are there in an area? Remember, we're in Silicon Valley. We're in the north part of it, but you know we're competing in the Silicon Valley for the A's. That was hard, hard way back when I did it, and it's now probably impossible uh, to do. So that was one challenge, which is adjusting your, you know, uh, what you're looking at and looking for, and being able to source really good people. Way I actually manage that is I'd rather have you know, one or two really good A's rather than, than and wait, then, um, you know, try to get four or five regular, you know, people. So I always heard on the side of continuing to, to hunt for the A's, which put me in sort of conflict with my VPs who were just trying to fill the reps, the requisitions. Um, so the, the other, kind of scaling issues you you run into in the execution and it's a good problem to have is we had a lot of people that wanted our product so you know manufacturing and doing that in a quality uh, manner we outsource the manufacturing not to Europe or not to Asia we actually outsourced it right in the local area to contract manufacturers and so we had to set up a way to do quality control down on on their lines. Uh, that was a big deal. Then we had other challenges like couldn't get parts. We couldn't get the parts fast enough to actually build the units you know, that customers had already put orders in. And we literally had black market. Uh, we had to go to the black market to find you know, the, the parts. So tons and tons of challenges in scaling a company to the size of of Ascend, but it's a good problem, you know, the good problem meaning that, you know, you have customers, you have a great desire by, by people to have your product. By the way, that kept its prices very high. You know, we never kind of competed on price. Uh, we always had very high prices. We never charged for customer service because I always bake that in, if you will, into the price of the product. So when customers did ask for service, which of course they did, it's a very complicated environment, uh, we would just go and start to debug and repair. And probably 80 or 90% of the time, it wasn't our equipment at all. Uh, but we didn't, we didn't uh, feel that we wanted to play the game that way. We just went and fixed things. And the, custom, the customers, you know, really appreciated that. And, and they paid back instead of dollars to us and they paid it back in marketing. They told other people about Ascend and our marketing costs were practically zero because we had the grapevine. That's great. You know, one thing I really love about Sunflower is it doesn't just 
apply to companies. You can apply it into your own personal life to make decisions, to discover your own core competency. What are areas of, you know, a person's personal life or their career that they can apply King of to themselves? Yeah, I mean, there's a couple areas. Um, I've heard of it being applied by uh, high school students that, you know, are trying to figure out which college, you know, to go to. Go to. I've heard it uh, applied by, you know, younger people that are in a, in a career in terms of not being terribly satisfied with their career and trying to remap the uh, career. So they're generating new choices. You know, if you're gonna generate new choices, then you ought to also generate the core competencies that you think you possess. Um, this also gives you, gives you a very clear picture of you, um, which comes in handy when you're talking to others about, you know, why you'd be so valuable to, uh, to them. So I've used it in nonprofits where the nonprofits always have the same goal, pretty much raising money um, and uh, name recognition and maybe a mission that they're on. Um, and within the nonprofits, you know, doing that is, is similar complexity to a corporate, you know, for-profit. Getting people on the same page, for example, on the different choices they might have to raise money is a non-trivial exercise or getting people on the same page on what to focus on in the nonprofit. Again, all of this is Sunflower-like. You, you know, you could actually use Sunflower to do that and has been used that way. That's great, that's great. Well, Rob, you know, this has been a great, you know, overview of King of that we've gone over today. Um, and I want to continue this subject into our next episode and talk about building strategy off of your King of phrase. Um, but I think we're going to leave it here today. Thank you everyone for listening to Sunflower Podcast. My name is Andrew Olson. I've been here with Rob Ryan. If you like this podcast, go ahead and leave us a review wherever you're watching, listening to this. Um, if you want to connect with us on social media, we're on LinkedIn. You can follow us at Sunflower Academy. We also invite you to follow Rob on LinkedIn at Rob Ryan. Um, if you want to ask Rob a question on one of these upcoming episodes that we can answer here live on the air, go ahead and message us at the Sunflower Academy LinkedIn page and we'll try to get to that. Thank you so much and we'll talk to you next time.